0: Good evening, good evening, good evening. You know it's time for another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast, fellas. How, how are you doing?
1: Ready to roll today? I'm doing well. You know, football is going on. Just practicing. Bands are practicing. Yeah, we things want- are fixing to happen here in less than two weeks. Yep, we good to go.
0: Cougar season starts August 29th versus UTSA, and then. In the new stadium, what is it, the TDECU stadium? Yes. Right? Yes. Got right there, that's a lot to remember.
1: <laughs> and by the way, soccer stars this weekend too for a lot of colleges. Including? Including U of H, Rice, uh, HBU, St. Thomas. Have I forgotten anybody inside
0: the Beltway for you? TSU? TSU, TSU. yes. Alright. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about in the, since our last podcast, a few important things came down the pipe. As we talk about college. We talk about college in the NCAA. Doc, have at it, sir. Money! Money, money, money! You said that right. Money, 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 money. Like my man said,
1: my pocket didn't get big real quick now. When is it coming, Doc? When is it coming?
0: Money, 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 money! When is it coming? Money! Ohio players. Yes, sir. Love there. But all seriousness, the first thing we'll talk about is autonomy. And autonomy is from the framework that we've been pushing this issue and keeping up with it and told you, uh, Previous podcast that the big thing would come, we knew that it would likely pass. And as we suggested, it did. You know, I'm still quite uh, intrigued that the next five or the FCS program uh, didn't push back any harder, but that boat has sailed, I guess you would say. And essentially, the big five, which we all know is recognized as the SEC, ACC, the Big Ten, Big Twelve, and Pac Twelve. Uh, pushed pushed hard, got it done, got what they wanted in terms of autonomy, which allows them to essentially make uh, decisions in regards to cost of living because it's obviously with uh, the five conferences' journey rating over $1.5 billion last year that they have the financial means to do it. Uh, I've seen an interesting program that people may check out on the Big 12 site. Uh, that was a conference in New York, if you would, a symposium, with talked about Buzz being a. We talked about panel. that in the last podcast, but the actual video, you can see the. Yeah, you can hear it recorded. So I think for those that are really into that and want to keep up with that type of news, you have the time. It is long, it is a full hour, if you would, have a of a lot of time. hot air. Yeah. But it gives you some framework for those that want to get. Poignant. And there were some people out there that were quite poignant in some of the discussion. I think one of the biggest proponents of what was talked out there, and I thought that really made a lot of sense, at least in her argument of what she was trying to put on the table, was the former athletic director of the University of Texas. And I should say women's athletic director at the University of Texas. Her name is me, but I'll get that for you uh, before we end this uh, podcast uh, as she got things done. But she really talked about Black, what Chris Blounty, something like that. Yes, yeah, that's her. Chris yeah. Blounty. Yeah. yeah, thank you. She You're really talked about the framework of the NCA being a and the in- member institutions being a nonprofit organization, and that they're taxing that mode. And when you think about that, unlike traditional businesses, you there's no problem with sharing revenue from one group or one subset of an organization that generates wealth and then spreading it throughout the organization because there are causes and things that you want to do. That's kind of the philosophy of a true nonprofit. But you can't be a true nonprofit in one hand and envision the other and, and do things such that you um, do not share that wealth not only through, but are willing to share it through your own sport franchise for example, the University of Texas. You spread the money throughout your other sporting team the women's sports, the Olympic sports uh non profit sports are really what they were, but they wanted you to get away from that and call it Olympic sports uh because of the negativity that it was getting out of that. But then you don't want to actually share the money in terms of back to the players that generated. So she had a bone contention, not necessarily with paying the players, but the fact that you're not sharing it with the other institutions. And that was one of the biggest issues I said with the next five or the other division one program from that framework. So that's why I bring it to your attention. And it kind of created the autonomy, which now essentially says, at the end of the day, what this means is that you'll probably see players be able to receive up to an additional $5,000 rounded ball figure for each student athlete at those uh, Power 5 institutions. And it'll probably not only go to, this is important, not just football or basketball, because they push the threshold, again they're gonna find a way to generate the wealth but they're gonna share it with their other colleagues in other sports that do not necessarily generate that. For again, I think it's interesting that there's likelihood that for example women's soccer at UT will be benefactors of getting a cost of living raised as well. So again, they're sharing the wealth, they're helping other students and probably a lot of times Looked at with a John decide but they don't understand that their scholarship is really based on the fact that these other gentlemen playing those particular sports are generating that wealth for them. Nah. So it'll be $5,000. So that means at the end of the year, at the end of four years, you should be able to get $20,000. And obviously NCAA, you can play, take five to play four. So it ultimately could be $25,000 for five years. That's a
1: lot of things for a kid that didn't have it at first. Now they know it's like a trust fund that's sitting at the end of the road. Now that you
0: well, that's them. the second part. That's the trust fund is the the decision, which is probably the bigger decision. Because the first one is the common that just cost of living. They had voted that in. That's something that the division, the big five, decided pretty much to do on their own. Now, obviously, the court case was kind of forced their hands at it, but this is the decision they decided to do on their own. Now, on Friday, what you're talking about is the trust fund component is what U.S. District Judge Claudia Wilkins stated in her ruling uh, uh, with her brief to say that what the NCAA was doing was illegal in regards to holding a college student uh, that plays athletics, their name, image, and likeness. And this, to me, is quite dear. I, I think this is important for us to think about. If there's anything in America or the world that people really want to argue about is that an individual owns their name. Hopefully. No, unless you sell it, you own your name. That is you. The judge even stated that they were doing this illegally. So to suggest that it could be done Is wrong. They were wrong. Nobody just had ever called them on it in such a way and argued poignantly that a judge stated that it was. Now, obviously, they can appeal it. But I'm telling you, anybody that has a modicum of fairness would suggest that a person owns their name. Which means, in a lot of ways, they should own their image. They should own their likeness. And that's what the judge essentially said. Now, what's key in this, she really didn't get into a briefing in regards to individuals cashing in on their own personal likeness. But she said as a group, basically as a freshman recruiting class group, that at a minimum, uh, that they should be able to negotiate for their likenesses based on television revenue, Mm -hmm. based on EA games and sports. Mm -hmm. She said it's obviously. That people would pay for that, and so those are the things, and so she capped it at a minimum of five thousand dollars per year, which is you're alluding to, and this money will go in the trust for once they leave school. Gotcha. So if they stay four, that's for everybody. For everybody. No, that's for two sports: football and men's basketball. Football and men's basketball. Now, I think you're right, though. Because it's capped that a number that is reasonable, I think the Big Five will decide to make sure that they use it as a way um, to stay within Title Nine. In my opinion, it's separate from Title Nine, just like you can separate scholarship limits. You don't have to have scholarship limits in regards to uh, comportmentalizing football compared to other sports, or they would be in trouble with Title Nine because they never would get out the number. That's the things they don't want to share with you, and they throw this Title nine to make you think because it's not about equipment one-to-one. It's about fairness and equity within their framework. So they don't have to do it, but they want to make sure that they create this, what they like to call a college model and such a framework that allows them to do this. So I think you're right, Chris. They will set it up where all players will get this. So essentially, all players staying between four to five years will end up getting at the end of the... Educational stent, forty to fifty thousand dollars. Twenty of it during that time, five thousand a year cost of living. And the other part will go in a five thousand a year, basically going to a trust. And what's interesting, she kept it at a minimum. So as money's increased, theoretically, that money can increase too. So as a freshman class coming in in 2016, they us can actually, in a lot of ways, basically hire a lawyer that negotiates with all the big fives or conference wise at least, what they can get. So theoretically, it could be six, seven thousand dollars. It doesn't have to be five. That's just the number we're looking at. Now, so now then thought the, it was the floor.
1: Now now with, right with, with with that being said, does it uh where does that lead now? Uh, well, the other part of the revenue sharing that they that they hadn't mentioned yet, like you know, jerseys yeah, that's independent,
0: other. and that probably will come out with the next cat with the next court case. Okay. Court case because right? that's going to be really the significant <laughs> one that's really going to determine whether what they're referring to as the now college model, which is a byproduct of the amateur model, which they had to change the word because Olympic amateurs, and when they allowed them to sell their likenesses, they had to codify that, and now they changed it to this new terminology they use, which is the cotta model, which is all basically a framework. Of them being able to exploit individuals for the money, so very business savvy for them to do that. To be honest with you, but uh, I think they disenfranchise you. One last, that.
1: Uh, one last thing for you. I, I allow you to get back on it because a a couple of a Michigan person and a Notre Dame person didn't think that Alabama and Texas were bringing in more revenue than those two schools. And I had to kind of like hold my peace a little bit because of where we were at the, at the time. But they didn't quite understand that just because of what you see, game in and game out, whether they cooking the books or not, as they were saying. And you know, and I kind of I blowed that off. You're right. Never win that argument because that's where they went. They in yeah, Never land. Right. That they couldn't see that. That is on a yearly basis, right. and what you're looking at well, is on they any- couldn't see. They they, well, it, see. yeah, they didn't, didn't want to. Uh, kind of, it's not, and not in a long diatribe.
0: Right.
1: Break down what it means, a yearly in- income between Ohio State, Alabama, and Texas, what they bring in on a regular basis yearly compared to what, those two schools are, uh, uh, are bringing in, even though Notre Dame has their network, which is NBC, yeah. Michigan doesn't have what they used to have basically because their athletic department overall is not in a position to put up, bring those kind of numbers up. You know, on a revenue basis because they just don't have that, that it factor anymore.
0: Uh, that's correct. Michigan is suffering from a losing record, but they still look pretty much in the top 10. Uh, so they're doing a but good job. But they're not job. in the top five though. No, not even close. Um, and a lot of that has to do frankly with them, uh, losing revenue. They're right outside of it depending on what models you want to look at. Uh, there's some models where you can go back to 2008, but I'll, you know, give you an example. In 2008, uh, Wolverines, uh, ticket sales were at like 40 million. Away games, they would generate 245 in terms of donations were at like 15 million. Universities were at fifty-eight. Uh, media rights were two million. Branding was eleven. The media rights was pretty high because that's when the Big Ten network had kicked off. Right. Remember, since then you had all these other folks you didn't had, come online. The Longhorn Network. Yeah. Now people may be upset that they can't watch it, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean the checks are not coming in. <laughs> coming in. That's right. That was right. a three hundred million dollar deal, so they getting their money. And so, speaking of which, August fourteenth, two thousand fourteen. Tomorrow. The SEC network launches. Blast off time. And to be honest with you. Uh, whether you totally are all in with the SEC, that is truly a game changer. It Talk, will, about over a thousand it even. will change the financial landscape of what those institutions do. I mean, this is such a game changer. Uh-huh. It's no longer just in terms of athletics. This is a game changer in terms of academics. This will put those programs, they, until they brought in Texas A&M, Missouri, they only had two programs that were part of the AAU, which are academic major institutions from that, which were Florida and Vanderbilt. They brought in Texas A&M, they brought in Missouri, so now they have four. But this is going to put them in a a position to make that and really push forward on the academic level. So you're talking about really changing the landscape of the institution. I'm not sure people understand that in terms of how powerful this is. I never thought about it that way. I, it, well, it, I don't only necessarily. What it,
1: uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-10, I think, are the only two conferences that pretty much everybody that's in those conferences. The, Pac, it, the Pac-12. Sorry. Pac-12, I'm sorry. I, my faux <laughs> <po-pa>. My faux <laughs> pas. It happened. But, but,
0: it was but, 10. It was and Truly. <laughs> and truly it, it was 8. It wasn't <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> I, and that's what all of us pretty much remember when it was a Pac-8. Uh But those two conferences are pretty much the only conferences that exist that Pretty much everybody that's in it are AAU schools, uh, uh, and they and the Big Ten, Big
0: Ten was the one that really was driving it. Yeah, all of their members were and had been until Nebraska was uh, relinquished mm-hmm. their AAU. They, they they lost it basically. Uh, I'm not. I hadn't read lately to see if they got it back. But Nebraska, when they were coming into Big Ten, they had it, and that next year. They lost that accreditation, uh, however A, you go through it, yeah. which is American universities in terms of research. But bringing in Maryland, they are one, so they stand with that model. Rutgers, as they come in, they are one, two, essentially all the big 10. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the schools that really pushed that framework. And, and some people say that's why they're not quite uh, outside of Ohio State, Michigan, which is falling back, and now maybe Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, are the reason why those teams don't do quite as well athletically in the Florida football and even basketball because of that. I and mean, there's some arguments you can go back and forth. Mm-hmm. But to finalize to get to your question in regards to the money that's generated. In two thousand eight, Longhorns went at hundred and twenty. They were second behind Crimson Tide which is at one twenty three. But because they did the Longhorn Network over the last three or four years, mm-hmm. definitely last year, they were number one at one sixty five. And they in Notre Dame there was two Wasn't even really close in terms of network. Now that will change to some degree following this ESPN deal. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Cause that'll bring,
1: that, that will change the structure of Alabama. So
0: you have maybe four or five teams in the SEC that are on top of there. The highest team in there in regards to over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, And the big 10 is Ohio State. Uh, Michigan was in top 10 revenue sales, but they've fallen back behind. Another team that you see jumping up there and there in the top 10. Is Wisconsin. So essentially you have, uh, one or two Oklahoma snicks in there sometimes. They should,
1: one more time, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin, <laughs>
0: uh, has jumped over Michigan in a lot of ways in terms of total sales. So that's something to kind of, uh, just to let them know in, in regards to that. You know, oh, we we don't want to call them out, but to give you the official numbers, I, I after I thought about this a little bit, it's coming to me, uh, 165 as I told you, and it's 165.6. Uh, to kind of be exact, that's 6 million. So they only say 166 million in, in terms of what they do. Uh, number two is Wisconsin. 149 million. Number three is Alabama at 143. Number four is Michigan at 143. So last year they were in the top five. Ohio State is 139. And number six is Florida at 130. Number seven is Oklahoma at 123. And number eight is LSU 117. Oregon. With Phil Knight making sure that he got his school in the top 10. Uncle we call it Lucky Knight. We want some new uniforms, Lucky Knight. At 115. And to close out the top 10 is another SEC school at 111. The top uh 13 schools are making over $100 million. Uh Arkansas falls out of the th- top 13. Wow. right At 99.7. Jerry Jones has done his job to make sure that they write on it. <laughs> Jerry them in the Waltons. He needs to donate. Yeah, in the Waltons. The Jerry general, Jones them. between the Waltons and Jerry Jones, they need to donate. Uh, Put some money yeah, Three hundred thousand dollars to make sure they get to that yeah, oh one hundred. dollars yeah. In terms of revenue generation, but that lets you know the money that's out there and why we're taking the time to really yeah. discuss that to let you know the framework. uh That yeah, it sounds all nice and the players are getting something, but you literally have people that are getting wealthy off the back of these kids, and to me, it's just a, it's a no-brainer. But to close out on this uh, as we move forward is the impact of this banning really starts to change the framework. She didn't go a long way, so what they perceive as the college model is not totally destroyed. She left it in some semblance, but she opened the door because she got this on the case. So it'll be appealed, mm-hmm. uh, but the way she wrote it, I would say in a lot of ways is likely to be upheld. And if you ask the NCAA in a lot of ways, if they could keep it at this number and keep their model and stop the lawsuits, they would jump up and cheer in a minute. They'd be happy. They'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. But what it does, it creates a precedent where the next case that I told you about is going to be very interesting because he's saying that they're just like she said, they're restricting their earnings and she said she agreed with that and uh-huh. like it. He's saying they're restricting their own earnings in terms of capping what they can get at a scholarship. So he wants that model totally blown up and he wants To open the door to the true capital model of what we see in America and every other thing, unless you negotiate a collective bargaining agreement like you do for the pros. So he's saying either open it up. That's right, uh, Jeffrey Kessler. Jeffrey Kessler is the one that is going to uh, make this interesting in his next bargain. So that's kind of where this goes in terms of why this is important and why we spend a lot of time on it. All right, today was a good day. Really, a few things. Briefly, Doc, uh, Prairie View A&M women basketball coach Don Brown, uh, added a Tarnisha Scott to the women's basketball staff. Can she play? She's a coach, man.
1: I'm looking, when, when, she plays,
0: she played at, uh, University of Dallas, was the all-time leading scorer, said record, record holder up there at that school. So she can play on that level. That is that, does that make you content? Well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> when they, when coaches say they add, you know,
1: add, you when know, they adding, adding to the staff is one thing, but adding to the,
0: to the, to the team as players is something totally different. So while the Wildcats poo pooed, Don Brown's hire, <clears throat> talk about some, uh, NBA action. NBA this evening on their network announced the 20, 20- 2014-2015 NBA schedule. Get this out of the way, I, as a Detroit Pistons fan,
1: when y'all come shows to you town, how
0: man. pathetic and how far the mighty have fallen. They're on T V one time. One, 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 one. national T V appearance. And and, on, and they're playing who? That's on M L K Day. there's like three other oh, yeah. games on M L K. They're playing the Atlanta Hawks on the road in Atlanta. So on the, the road. Pistons are on TV on one the road. on national television one time. On the road. On there's, the road, so not even in, in the palace of wow. Arbor Hill. So that shows you how far things have gone there, but. Have gone right. The Rockets, in, in the contrast, are on national television 25 times. 25 to 1. How does that compare to the most television? I want to say, typically, the most teams be on is 33 times. I think the Heat were on 30 mm-hmm. times last, last season, and this year, I think they're only down on 20. 22 times roughly, maybe the same as the third 5. Yes, oh yes. <laughs> so let's get into uh, the Rockets schedule. They open up on the road October 28th versus Jerry Mullin, Kobe Ryan, and the Los Angeles Lakers. And then the next night they'll go against Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Warriors before their first home game will be Saturday versus the Boston Celtics. Uh, the, Let's give a little breakdown of the Rocket TV appearances, the 25 TV appearances. They'll be on TNT six times, ABC twice, ESPN nine times, and the other eight times will be on NBA TV. And hopefully by the time the season starts, preseason, uh, I think October 5th I believe, hopefully the satellite local provider issue will be resolved in Fans who have the cable or satellite networks will be able to watch the Rockets home games, which would include NBA TV instead so of have those no games blacked out, uh, in, here in town. So, once, there, once NBA, TV, NBA TV games are blacked out, you can't watch it, you know, if you don't have, you're out of luck. So, if you're living here here in Houston. But, you can talk about, uh, Rockets only have one, the longest road trip is only four games. So, that's, that's how it tells you how you're elite. Well, Take that back because the Spurs have the longest, they have their rodeo trip yeah. in, yep. in February, so. And they're on, back to the on back the road on, on, in almost the entire month of February. But the Spurs, you know, are the Spurs and the Rockets aspire to be like the Spurs organization in many,
1: in many ways,
0: in many ways, in many ways. In many ways. Uh, I mean, that's uh, not sugarcoat there. But my woeful Pistons come to, uh, Houston Friday, March 6th. So I should be here for that, watch that beat down. Do you see it? <clears throat> the turnaround starting to change? Oh, now? yeah, they finally got a coach. So, yeah, and he's also a general manager, despite the fact that word is Greg Monroe is taking the uh player option available to him and he'll become an unrestricted free agent next year, which many folks now, hasn't been official yet, but that's the word he got on Tuesday that he's going to go that route. And become an ownership free agent next summer. And he believes he and his, it gives him more leverage, more ability to, uh, choose teams. But his skill set in today's, in the NBA, limits his opportunity because he is not a, the term, the stretch power forward. He can't shoot past 10 feet. And the stretch forward is going three point range. So, he's not the most, most athletic guy, so because he's not an athlete and not a, a stretch power forward, the number of teams he can really go to and get max dollars is a smaller circle. So oftentimes you hear the term tweener. Usually you see it based on size, but in a lot of ways he's a tweener, but in this case it's in terms of physical attributes, in terms of his limitations and what he can do. Yeah, he's not quick enough to guard the elite fours, He's not strong enough to really bang in the post on a consistent basis, but it's not too many huge bangers in the NBA that's at the five spot. So he is he is a he is a low Viamble. post score. right? But uh, and he still put up, despite the fact the team stunk last year, he still put up roughly fifteen and nine. And because of that, he's going to get serious offers. It's just not probably from elite teams, but you know you get paid, you get paid. So where money comes from, money still spin, so wish him good luck and rise right on the wall with uh, Stan Van Gundy in charge. Stan Van Gundy is a true guy who wants stretch three-point shooting uh, big men at the power forward spot, so this probably be the last season for Greg Moose Monroe in a Piston uniform. Thank you for allowing me to have a Piston segment here on the MKG and Doc podcast. <laughs> you, you you sound back you, to the Rockets you, you sound. and the you NBA. Sound that's all I'm gonna say. You just sound. I I love my team, ride or die. Thirty years in counting. I think it's appropriate. I'm <laughs> sure <laughs> we have some listeners. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. They yeah. wanted to hear that. Uh, but uh, and hopefully we can add one or two. The, the, as, it, as the NBA season starts off, 69th NBA season begins October 28th with the Rockets and the Lakers part of a triple hitter. Well, only two games will be on national television. Uh, the first game will be broadcast on TNT will be the Spurs, defending champions, hosting Dallas Mavericks and Chandler Parsons and Dirk Nowitzki. And then I believe the Pelicans are also a part of the other game on that, uh, first, on, on October 28th. Yes, it'll be Orlando at New Orleans only on the NBA TV or on League Pass, really, so not even <clears throat> NBA TV. There'll be five games on Christmas Day.
1: Yeah, I really yep. don't
0: like that, but you know, then that's a lot of games. To, though
1: that's a lot of games for Christmas
0: Day. It's Christmas, man. You know, especially when you have got a lot of players traveling distances. Now, if it was like in-state robberies, Rocket Spurs, Rocket Math, you ain't got too far to travel. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of accepting of that. Oklahoma City
1: and San Antonio is one.
0: Lakers going to Chicago. That is not. Well, not a hop, skip, and a jump.
1: No, that's true. Cavs going
0: to Miami. It's not a hop, skip, and a jump. Golden State at the Clippers. Yes, that's reasonable. The Wizards and the Knicks is decent. But the highlight of the day is going to be Cleveland and uh, Miami. That's I mean, obviously that's a that's that's a major TV event. Yeah, and that's why they put it at prime 5 p.m. uh, of ABC. So you got two games on ABC on Christmas. Opener will be on ESPN, and the last two will be on TNT. But the NBA season is, is almost is not for me—it's almost here. We got college football uh, soon to kick off. We have the first week of NFL preseason. This past weekend, when Houston, Texas, laid a big fat dinosaur, Tyrannosaurus Rex-sized egg saturday <laughs> in arizona they did a little
1: chafing a they, they chafed about 32 to that nothing they bad. chafed a bunch of people
0: that's all i'm gonna say they i'm not even sure really if that is i mean i assume it is a huge egg you that's know a, uh, because that of, would be a big egg you know well we probably need to do the pterodactyl you know but there, yeah. was, there was even a, a gigantosaurus is like a larger dinosaur than a tyrannosaurus we're going to get technical as a, a supposedly bigger dinosaur than a yep. tyrannosaurus rex in my archaeology, so my yeah, my nerd done right there. The so, yeah, that's how big this egg was that the Texans laid. Ryan Fitzpatrick and it was literally an egg. It was a zero. 32-0. You are correct. Yes, sir. Ryan Fitzpatrick looked horrible. The defense looked horrible. Can they get better? I sure hope so, because if not, it can't get much worse, I hope.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, they you know, can't get worse. Keep in get mind, get they
0: worse. didn't have... Did? Andrew Johnson didn't play. Aaron Foster didn't play. So, that hurt the offense. But the defense is secondary. Yes. My my yes,
1: My biggest... I, I, I'm... Glaring, that stood out, and it's, and it's still standing out. One twenty-two left to go in the game. Third, Savage is on is, is the quarterback.
0: They are on the, They are in their own end zone. He drops back, blitz. He gets snatched, dropped, safety, and.
1: Arizona just runs the clock out, and Savage gets dinged up in that situation. And it's like everybody's got this look on their face, like "I'm ready to get out of here." At at that point, it was like, "Let's go."
0: I have major concerns.
1: And what well, I'm gonna you just, I'm to ask the you, reason did they mean, look like they were not in shape? Are they? Uh, I, I didn't
0: even. I'm not even. I don't think it's shape. What I saw was a lack, lack of a talent. talent. That's what a Lack of talent. Now, that that's Rick Smith. That's Mitt. what I saw was a lack of talent. <laughs> That's where I was going. That's, that was the next thing. I've seen a lack of talent, but what concerns me more, the history of the league suggests that a rookie coach, particularly coming out of college, does not do very well in this setting. I'm listening. And they tried to suggest that this is not a rebuild. So even from that situation, does not make sense that you hire a coach of that caliber and think that you're going to run Win in this league, it doesn't happen. They're trying to to sell the fan, and we have people, we have friends and colleagues within the organization. <laughs> I won't name any names. Uh, so you know, it's his job to put a positive spin on the team, but the team is garbage. Now yeah. the talent is garbage. With Quarterback the, play is garbage. It, with the schedule Which the, is why and I do not want to use the garbage. Der- right, and that's why I wanted to have a. I had a major concern, because you really think about it. The only place that they have any semblance of real talent is on the defensive front. That's true. And unless they get to the quarterback in three seconds. Right. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Right. Literally. Linebacking core is not good. Right.
1: The Secondary is worse.
0: Hurt. Unproven. Secondary has been woeful in years, and they lost some talent. They had off of them. So now you've got unproven talent. You get in on the offensive side, they change the scheme in terms of how they want to be physical, so they're still improving up front we We may they may have some talent on the front line, but we got to see that you question the ability of the quarterback to play in terms of not that he just doesn't have the talent but especially of the consistency right uh mm-hmm. even if he can make some plays, can he do it consistently Fitzpatrick is point? a journeyman. Right, which is, and the reason why you're a journalist is what yeah. it, it, you're, you're not, not consistent, consistent yeah. right? So you stay in the league because you have some level of talent, right? And and he was my quarterback on the fantasy football team, and I rode him for two weeks. I got lucky; he was good though. Two weeks, and I said him, I set him behind down. It ain't good to And You were lucky that you set him down. I sure he was. Wasn't good anymore? That's right. Yeah. I, and I shouldn't say you were lucky; you were smart. In I was smart. Well, okay. well, Case Keenum, God bless him, he's a Cougar. He's regressed since he first played, and this is supposed to be a quarterback. quarterback. You know,
1: and, and, and then you talk about and the and fact it, that it, your it, best it, players,
0: one of them is hurt, the other one is disgruntled in a lot of ways, and both of them are older, right? Uh, and, on the offensive
1: and, side and of the ball, and the worst part about the quarterback situation, and this this got discussed real quick. You, your your second quarterback, which is Case Keaton, he's still learning. How to you know up under the center,
0: right? And then he
1: and, he, and he, because he's had a lifetime of three to five yards back to where he sees everything in front of him, and now he's got to get right in those guys' face, where that in some cases, depending on who who the as he's
0: stepping back to read the re- field and versus still being able to
1: last. and and, and that defensive tackle is in his face the whole time with the, along with the offensive lineman that's steady pushing him back, yeah. and he had got distance.
0: He he hasn't trained. He has not had good practices thus far in training camp, from what I've heard. So, uh, I think there's some major concerns because I'm not sure as a coach, it's a scheme component. If it was some things you say scheme, then you would say, okay, coach, Hmm. just change your schemes or change, make you know, change some plays. Uh But I'm not sure if it's that simple. Not to say that he could do that either. At least he would have a chance at this point. I'm seeing. As I said at the beginning, I'm thinking of a lack of talent. And you can't do anything about that until the draft. And which means we have a season to play first. Yeah, oh yeah. Will, will they now, win now, more than two with games the schedule that they have,
1: which is a fourth place schedule, are they capable of winning four games? I'm going to ask that question because that came up too in the discussion this weekend.
0: I think it's going to be different. Cause I'll, I'll say they win four games. I'm not sure how I don't you to be the pick and win. Okay, that, that I won't. I won't. I won't. But I'll say that. So you're point. saying plus four? You put your money on plus four. Plus about, four? You going You going above four? Oh no, that's four. Just four. Four and twelve. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. oh no, 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 I'll see for them me. getting five or six. Worse for me. Heck no. And
1: and this is the worst part about it, I'll go under.
0: Yeah. Where are you going? As long as they I lose I the first two game, I this on record. am
1: I'm saying two games. And then, and so I, the only under- reason I'm saying two games is because they'll win one game in the division and one game out.
0: As long as they don't win the first game of the season, I'm good. I hear you. I'll say three then. because the first game of the season is against the Washington NFL football team. Yeah, and I agree they, with you. I, I and, mean, and, and, and notice and, and notice what I said. <laughs> See, that I heard you. The I heard Washington you. NFL team. Yeah. I did not refer to them as that nickname. NFL football. Too. And you know, uh the network, what was the NBC, said that the announcers are not required to use correct. The correct. And I
1: thought that was interesting.
0: Well, that's a statement. Mm-hmm. It's 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 beginning. It it is. I didn't see the game. It weekend, is, it so is beginning that uh press, print, online, TV, is not mandating that the nickname is said in print or in broadcast. So. It is beginning, so we won't so hear. So Daniel Snyder can hold on as uh, long as he wants to. It's inevitable. We, we, he we can't will, force people to use.
1: Yeah, now that's true. We won't hear the uh, the that marching band playing "Hell to
0: the season. Oh, they'll still play it. I won't even say say yeah. it. Yeah. Song. No, it doesn't mean <laughs> that it's gonna be on <laughs> <in> the airwaves. <laughs> you
1: know, it knows how I kind of
0: like phrase that. <laughs> oh yeah, they'll play it at at the home games. Oh yeah, they'll play it. But it doesn't mean it'll be on the airwaves. All right, yeah, I got But yeah, the circle is shrinking. Of the people who will say uh, that, uh, that, uh,
1: that now, nah, nah, we all know that that's the big gorilla in the
0: room, the NFL, literally. And how, could you, how, how, as you said that, can, I have to get this in there. Who is the person that is telling Snyder? I understand he's the boss, so he might be telling himself. But who, some you telling me that nobody can get to him and tell him to stop because that interview he did on ESPN? Oh, is he looked bad, horrible. Oh, he would been better off. Just not saying anything. Yeah. And, even, and even, he did it, an interview on radio and the, the transcribe of it, transcription of it, he only said the nickname, the team nickname twice. He said Native American, Indian, Native American, indigenous people. He said those phrases more than his own nickname. It was like six to two. In in the interview he said on the radio, then he had a pre uh, player, the punter from a previous scene that was retired, come on there and he like just he he was awful. He said them people he called them uh, Indians. Uh, 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 I don't know no Indians. Talk, that's uh, Mark Mosley, I believe. Oh, I, mean, right? I don't even want to say his name after so, that. was for so, Oh yeah, he, he was, was a, a kicker. Yeah, that doesn't, they're clinging on to a, a back an, an But I don't understand some sometimes I don't agree with you, but at least you can put up a plausible whats there is there? There isn't they're saying it's tradition and No, you just and, said we want to use the thing and we're not gonna talk about it until y'all convince us to change. Yeah and, But don't try to convince people that their thoughts are wrong, just say we gonna use it until y'all force us to it. Well, Let's, let's, and they we can go just, again with the with
1: the with the with the financial economic part of has any, has he lost any signing
0: any stadium not, sign not yet no 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 now that, that that's it, it, but he will he has not been hit hard in the pocketbook yet but it's coming it will it's coming okay. the trademark stuff when that finally is resolved and, yeah. they, and they don't they finally lose it and anybody can go out huh? and use that mark there you'll change in I'm two and zero with you right now. As I speak, when I tell you, now Chris is coming on board, he understands. I'm
1: he sees the I'm, I'm just,
0: I'm just, I'm listening. i I'm I'm Now I'm listening. we understand that you got not of the hip hop generation. <laughs> but when we speak, and we decide to do hip hop in its purest form, you better listen to it. All right. So it's inevitable. And, and it's, I won't say it's sad, but from a financial standpoint, they could get a new nickname and market that in so many positive ways or put a positive spin on and make so much more money yes. for finally joining the 21st century and keep, and keep the same colors. And there's studies that show that what Chris is talking about is not just a thought. It's been proven in terms of the derivative, and it's exactly the reason why. Teams do change names, even with the history. And the same reason that you see them changing colors, changing logos, because they understand that it is a revenue producer. Mm. So from a from a money standpoint, I don't see why he's ho- holding on to this, which to me, even works because you know it, then you know it. It's not about money. It's about a personal.
1: Yeah, it's about it's, it's like uh, you're not gonna
0: tell me what to do. Yeah,
1: and I don't believe. And, and, and all the reason, and all the reason that it's gone this far that I can see is that no other owner or even the commissioner himself has gotten into the, to the, to the fray. Well, I think
0: they're smart. They're not going to speak on it publicly, but he can say on the television that they didn't say anything to him. But I don't believe that in the heartbeat. They too, too much about money. So, then, you, so, then, so you, so you, you're not going to talk to him in privately. Yeah, told him, this, Come on, man. Nah, you, you hold on to this, but you know, it's, this time it's, is This right, is a losing but, battle, man. Right. Come on. This is a losing battle. You need to be prepared. And you can make a whole lot more money doing this, doing this. Wake up, man. Let go. Let, let go? You think
1: going to let it
0: Eventually, he going to have to let go. Yeah. Okay. He, he'd be better not to let go on his own, quote unquote, on his own rather than being forced to and lose money. Yeah. Why 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 lose more money? Why lose money? Right. Inevitably, we can make money. to do it right now. It's gonna be an interesting season. On that part of
1: that part of it's gonna be interesting. Because
0: uh, the season a lot of it will probably go away unless something comes up quite negative. But all season you know, we're gonna be hurt. And that's when they're gonna, it's gonna get much more difficult because that negative press. And it's one thing that the NFL is trying to get away from now is that negative press. Who are you, sir? You need to have our HBCU segment. Go ahead and do a yeah, so short Dr. one Dr. today. I'm the sports professor. I'm a professor, uh, that teaches sports management. I'm also a writer for HBCU Sports Business Analyst. I do radio sports talk as well with the emphasis on H B C U and the business side of sports. You can find me on the social media platforms and uh Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dr. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Why well, Cat, real quickly how can folks find you, sir? You can
1: find me across the Internet media wave, social media, uh, at blogger, and at, at, uh, the college sports report. You can find me on Twitter, tweet deck, Facebook, at Jerry Lee Woodley Jr.
0: JL Woodley 1. I'm KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. Twitter, T-H-E-H-R Review. Houston HoustonRoundBarView on YouTube, Houston on Instagram. Talk some HBCU football, sir. Yes, uh really get excited. The practice come out, sp- particularly in this area. Uh Texas Southern has been at practice for about eight weeks. Prairie View down there on the hill has been at it for about four days. Both coaches are excited at what they bring to the table, which means they're leading up to a Labor Day. Obviously a big game. Both teams are, should be in the hunt, particularly the team that finds a way to win this game. They're going to look to see if they can put, make a push for a championship, particularly when you still have question marks. Southern in regards to quarterback play, uh, they lost a senior quarterback. It was all everything that took them to the promised land last year with the SWAC championship game. So there's some questions about freshmen, and, and those are true freshmen playing the quarterback position of Reds for a where they're going to try to run the ball and, and control the clock. I'm not sure if that can be effective in the league or generally in college football today. So uh, while I they think they're going to do well, it's going to be interesting. Then you still have that hanging uh, tabulation, if you would, in terms of APR issue. Remember, Southern still at this time uh, is banned from postseason play. Obviously, that does not directly mean that they are not able to participate in swag championship game. Uh, But how will that deal with them losing players? We've already seen that's the case with the basketball player transfer. Um, so will that eventually hurt them? Uh And so we have to kind of see. It looks like those players have stuck together and coming back. But will that continue to be the place as you start to get into uh the time where students actually enroll in school over the next two weeks uh and are uh, needed there to take the classes so they can get on the field? The other school that you want to keep your eyes on outside of Prairie View and Texas Southern in terms of talent uh, for both of those teams, uh, for Prairie View, it's going to be all on the offensive side of the ball with All World, Jerry Lovelock playing the quarterback. They did lose Courtney Brown, the running back, but uh, fortunately for Panther fans out there, uh, they should be good to know that they have a lot of depth at the running back position. So while you don't want to lose somebody's caliber, the leading rusher of the team, they have the depth that should be able to get him that, including a big time transfer, big body guy running, uh, uh, as a true halfback, almost fullback type of guy, uh, that can run the rock. And, and, Hebert, uh, was a talented guy that actually ran kickoff and almost got to the thousand yards mark with 900 plus yards. So, uh, he'll be asked to do a little more on that. The question that you want to know about Prairie View, what are they going to do on the defensive side of the ball? Probably the strengths at the linebacker position. They will get a little depth in terms of what they do at the defensive front in terms of being able to rotate players, uh, but they're going to be small in size. So that's going to be a question. Can they get off the ball, get to the quarterback, particularly teams that want to run like Southern, uh, will they be successful? So it'll be interesting. Can the offense put points up, give the team some rest, allow them to do what they do on the defensive back part of the field? Uh They have the numbers there. Um, they're getting up of age, but last year they had a lot of problems. So the question are, do they mature in terms of the age in such a way that they'll play better or are these guys that just can't get it done? When you look at Texas Southern coming back with Homer Causey at the quarterback position, so he'll get his second year in terms of uh, the Texas Southern offense. Uh, they have some uh, quality caliber running backs in the backfield coming back that'll be looking to get some things done. Wide receiver, they 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 are uh, going to see how that position prevails as they got some new guys coming in. They got some transfers. Problem with Texas Southern, particularly on the defensive side of the ball as well, is going to be in terms of death. And you know, a game of football uh, usually is about death. They're going to have to be lucky. They're going to have to find a way to stay healthy. If they stay healthy, they'll give some teams some problems. So you're going to need to see them jump out in front of people early and see if they can hang on to the end of the season in terms of staying healthy to be able to team, Big games on the schedule, obviously. Labor Day class we talked about. But at the end of the year, uh, they have Jackson State right here. That's a big game the coach wants to get. You know, he's a Jackson State alum, Uh new coach at Jackson State, so he wants that. Harold Jackson is going to kind of be like the over-manager uh manager of that team as an older guy. And so they'll turn over the range. We'll like to see what Jackson State is able to do. They have a big game coming up, opening against FAMU. For those that, uh, want to look at big matchups, first opening Saturday of the week, uh, question now whether fam, you will bring the band. That's a big, uh, yeah, honor there. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if that'll happen. And Marching 100, they are back in action. They will be out marching this year. Okay. It's so not sure whether they're going to financially make, a, uh, make game. the road game, okay. not because they're not going to be participating in So I want to make sure I get that out there. There's the the Marching 100 is back in gear as they were last year, back in stride. Question, uh, will they financially decide to commit to that game? The big one. And this is a contract year for the coach over there, fam, you to kind of sneak out of the swag just to give you that. So he would love to have a bear in there to see if he can make a difference. Cause I think whoever loses that game may go on a slide that is very ugly. And that's why I wanted to bring it up for the Jackson State Tigers. Interesting to see what they're able to do. Back to the West as we close up on that. Uh, not sure if they're playing football and grambling. They like to think that they're going to rebuild it. But to be honest with you, I see some major problems with what they're doing. You just don't recover from the year. Quarterback is back. So um uh, they think they'll get it done. The other team to keep your eye on is the Golden Lions. Arkansas Pine Bluff, if you would. Wow. Very talented. Yeah. Remember, it's a team that won a championship. Oh two yeah. Years, I, 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 get so you know, I get that. You have some connection over the Pine Bluff, so oh yeah. There's some people that have your heart that may be happy if they can find a way to put all yeah. this stuff together. They would have been in the hunt last year. Uh, but, uh, they got some bad news in terms of compliance, uh, not getting some defensive players on the field early. Everything got cleared up. They brought them back, but by then they kind of had lost the moment of the season. Found a way to kind of finish, uh, somewhat decent. But that's the team to keep your eye on, uh, in terms of the HBC landscape. We'll talk about the East next week, save you something, and then we'll spread out to the MIAC. The talent in the MIAC. Oh. Is, is, I'm getting some good reports from that. It's top heavy though. Be careful. It's top-heavy. Look at South Carolina State. Oh, yeah. Look at Bethune-Cookman. Yep. a is probably the surprise. Yep. To some, I'm saying that they're going to be right in the hunt. And if you want to go a little lower, probably the next team that you can look at that may be able to push some teams that quietly may get it done is probably Howard Bison. Look for them to surprise some people. But arguably the best team in black college at the Division One level this year is the independent Tennessee State Tigers. Of the OVC. They yep. are loaded, people. They are loaded uh with juniors and seniors. Quarterback coming back. They have a backup quarterback that's pretty strong. Uh They have some transfers that come in that's going to give them. They should be able to run the ball. That is a team that's going to be interested. I'm going to be interested when they play Jackson State and the Southern Heritage Classic. Uh, they play FAMU at home for homecoming. Should be an interesting one. They go down to Alabama State for Montgomery. Big time game because Alabama State uh, is going to be fighting for the East. I will give you that before we go a little closer, but I'll give you something to think about, and I'll tell you why a little later. But that's the framework. We'll also give you uh, those listeners come back uh, over the next couple of weeks before we start the season, and we'll get into some CIAA, SIAC at the mid-major level, uh, basically teams NCAA Division Two. Ah, you are the man. You are the man. You want to talk about any injuries regarding PV? Yeah, that was the Courtney Brown. That's the one I tried to slide in and not make sure people didn't know. Uh, Courtney Brown is out for the season. Uh, but for those that are going to get nervous about that, he was the leading rusher over a thousand yard quality, quality back. Uh, hard worker, hard worker, first team type of player. But that is the position where they have some depth. Correct. They have some depth. So they're going to look, uh, to kind of do it by committee behind. Jabert, as I said, he he he's a guy that put up nine hundred yards, so he's not a slap. Plus the way they run that offense, where they spread the field. Oh yeah. And you have a quarterback that can eat you up throwing the ball. Uh big time receivers that are making some plays, playing really well. They lost some quality guys, but mm-hmm. if you watch spring ball, they got some guys that think they can make some plays and they're making plays early. And you know how it is about a young guy that gets confidence. Yep. i have seen that before oh, at yeah. the Cleveland level. Boy, can go a long way when a guy gets understands that he can get it done, gets a little confident, Yep, his wings will spread. Yep. So I think what's going to be beneficial to what they're able to do uh, to run the ball because they're balanced, oddly enough, I think they're going to kind of be able to throw to put them in positions to run the ball. Uh, and they were very balanced last year, so don't be surprised if the Panthers can still get it done on the offensive side of the ball. I think where you're questioning what the Panthers are going to be for those Panthers out there, as I said, on the defensive side of the ball, can they make that leap, leap, I should say, to put them in true championship caliber contention? Gotcha. Sir, anything you want to add and want to share? Uh,
1: I am to talk to Coach Levine tomorrow. Uh, I will be headed back over to HPU on Friday. Um, I'm scheduled for a rice on Saturday. Um, let's see, who else?
0: Check with and your then, friends over Houston at ba- Houston Baptist. Yes, sir. And see if you can find out a little nugget um, that uh, may be the fact that, as you asked, that uh, they may have found a way to get Texas Southern on the fifth. Uh See if you can squeeze that out of sixteen, seventeen? Yeah. Is that Did it get done? That's, that's all to know. Yeah,
1: it, I think so. it, it, I, it. I The only I reason I hadn't, I hadn't gone ventured out that far because Signature hadn't been. I'm comfortable. With, I think it's gonna
0: be fun. okay. Then we'll get a list. Yeah, a little yeah. surprise. I tell you, I, when it comes out official, let them know. But they're yeah. gonna listen. Oh, yeah. But to uh, us yeah. podcast and, and take it to the bank. Yeah, we go. People will ask will for it. It. They're gonna put together. You asked for it. Yeah, they, they. I think it's gonna get done. Yeah. it's... I'm I think Texas Southern, it'll be interesting, cause I think Texas Southern will be fully off the APR by yeah. then. Yes. Uh, if they're gonna rebuild this program, Asbury's gonna get it done. We need to take a leap this year. Yeah. I, I, they're playing 11, so I'm hedging my bets. I got them coming out of season 6 and 5 of the winning season, which I think would be huge, mm-hmm. in terms of where they're going with the program. So by the time that game is scheduled, Houston Baptist should be yeah. fully loaded in terms of scholarship commitment and build that program.
1: I also, by Out of the going.
0: Southland. So I think it'll be interesting in terms of seeing that game uh in terms of direction mm-hmm. of both programs making that step.
1: And by that I would have t-
0: tried to play them early if I was six seven There you months, go. But I think actually the time that that game is probably going to schedule the sixteen, seventeen framework I think it is. I think it actually would be better for the fans. Yeah. So I think you should see a really solid football game.
1: And by that time, uh there would be uh more seating capacity. Uh, being product, uh, being, uh, in, in at, at HBU. It, it is
0: a home and home.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it will definitely be there. Um uh, they're in the process of getting some, some things worked out where they can get the whole corner and, uh, put a, uh, a north end and a, uh, east end, uh, set of, uh, stands and all up. So it, it's, it's coming along. The, the one thing is for sure. And I hope folks got my, my tweet and my, uh, blog and my video on YouTube this week, uh, the college sports report, uh, in the background. The, fans, the stands were finished. The only thing that were needed to be done was, uh, the, uh, those, uh, mid, uh, 50 yard line seating, the seats to be put in. And they were finished. You can find the, uh, uh, I put the link on, up on, uh, my, uh, blog and on Facebook and Twitter today, earlier today. So folks that had mental issues, uh, soothsayers that were, it's not going to be ready September 6th, 2014. McMurray HBU will be playing at Husky, Husky State. On the campus of H- Houston Baptist University, on the corner of Beechnut and Fun.
0: That's a good thing because uh, they're building up that stadium. The other issue have is football. Like prairie view in October. They will have a rebirth of them building that stadium down there. So.
1: And then we'll be ready to kind of like put the screws to it. And I I'll say that right now because I, <laughs> I I I kind of push him every now and then when I see him. Uh they got they got another stand, another another school put a, uh, put a stadium on campus. What you waiting now? <laughs> I kind of poke him a little bit. I kind of poke him a little bit. HBU does
0: not want to come down to the hill. Uh, I tell you what, everybody plays Southland school. The last Southland school, the Prairie View, played. There's a lot of score. They a lot of defeated scoring. them. That's all I will say. They came out with the W. You didn't quite
1: understand. Oh, I heard you. I heard you. All right. But it'll be two, you know, we're waiting on to set a stadium. You know, somebody else got to be putting another, another stadium up on campus.
0: On campus. I'm going to wrap it up on a light note, then serious and somber notes. Okay. Thursday morning, University of Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson will complete. He has accepted because the NCA men's college coaches have a Show ice time. bucket challenge similar to the women's basketball cold water challenge. But the ice bucket challenge, uh, benefits the ALS foundation, uh, annual, you know what I'm trying to say, annual of sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Coach Tom Harrien called up, challenged Coach Samson to participate and accept the ice bucket challenge. Uh, Coach Samson has accepted. It will take place, uh, Thursday morning on the Carl Lewis Outdoor Track. And based on the press release that the school has sent out, Coach Sampson is going to challenge three of his friends as part of the challenge set to accept the challenge three other people. And the names are, quote, pretty big names. I so look forward to seeing that on YouTube, uh, Thursday Who evening. Is? So, as goes yeah. to, Arizona women's basketball coach Naya Butts who started the yeah. ice bucket, the Coldwater Challenge on women's side, right. and it is now moved over to the men's basketball side. It's benefiting charities. So kudos to every coach who and member of media as well who has participated and accepted the challenge and those who have made donations That's to right. the charities as well. Now, on somber notes, uh, U of 8 has also sent out a press release. Stating that uh former Houston Cougar football player Sergeant First Class Sam Harrison was killed earlier this week in Afghanistan uh, when his unit took small arms fire. Uh, that was announced officially by the Defense Department. Uh Harrison was thirty five years old, played linebacker and defensive lineman for the Cougars from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand. Uh rest in peace to Sergeant First Class Sam Harrison condolences to his family and his friends once a cougar always a Houston cougar now another troubling note and I'm going to wrap it up here I'm surprising my colleagues with this one but I'm reading on Twitter we're watching you Ferguson, Missouri the police department there arrested excuse me put in jail journalists for doing their job. Uh Huh? And then they said they were putting them in jail for their safety. and they this let them go hours later. One of the journalists named Wesley Lowry, who was a member of the National Association of Black Journalists, the three of us members of the Houston area chapter, I'm going to be a member of the national chapter, You can follow Wesley Lowry's Twitter line and get more information about it. But the NABJ put out a statement within the last few minutes. The National Association of Black Journalists strongly condemns the arrest of Washington Post reporter Wesley Lowry and Huffington Post reporter Ryan J. Riley in Ferguson, Missouri on Wednesday. They were covering the circumstances surrounding the killing of Michael Brown And then ensuing unrest. Lowry and Riley have stated they were working in in McDonald's when police ordered them and others to leave the restaurant. Lowry and Riley say they were then were assaulted and detained by police and released shortly thereafter without being charged with a crime. Lowry tweeted, officers, quote, officers decided we weren't leaving McDonald's quickly enough shouldn't have been taping them, end quote. Like I said, you can go to Wesley Lowry's Twitter account and get more, he he tweeted second by second while this was going on, while they were being put in jail. Quote, journalists have a constitutionally protected right to work without the government interference. NABJ President Bob Butler said, we call on and fully expect the authorities to investigate what appears to be a violation of the First Amendment and to hold the officers involved to account, if necessary. End quote. This is the KG Fifth Water Wildcat and Doc podcast. Thank you for listening. Podcast is available on iTunes, etc. I'm going to wrap it up because I'm a tad bit pissed off right now. I'm going to wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true. Be cool. And do more.